So there's two schools of thought about name tags. Yes, name tags. Have you ever seen the name tag that says, hello, my name is? So have you walked into a function or a party and you see that name tag and that Sharpie and you either do one of two things. Oh my goodness, no, I am not doing that. I hate name tags. Those are of the devil. Or you're, you're on the other school of thought. Oh my goodness, yes. Sharpie my name, heart at the end, dot, 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 smiley face. And I know some of y'all love some name tags. I've been to your functions. I'm like, oh, don't put my name on a name tag. So hello, my name is Mel. You guys can call me Mel because you're all my friends. My mom actually named me Melody after the old hymn, There's Within My Heart a Melody. She gets offended when people call me Mel, although she secretly calls me Mel. But she's like, your name is Melody. No, my dad did not name me because I would have ended up with, I don't know, a name like George or something. So dad's in the room. No, you do not get to name your kids. That is the mother's job. You will thank me later. My husband calls me Buttercup. I know, that's a lot of information for a Sunday morning. <laughs> my kids call me Mom. Millie calls me Mama. I do not know where that came from. Everything is Mama, 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 Mama. So after like 50 times a day, I'll be like, what? I love you. And then I feel horrible. People call me the Pantry Lady. Sometimes, depends on the season, it's the pantry lady on the news. And I'm like, yeah, that's me too. But these are all names that I love. I count them treasures. But I also have names that I don't like. Names like not enough, unqualified, broken, damaged, high strung, too much, my favorite, bossy. Nobody likes a bossy woman. Here I am. <laughs> These are names that I've taken on, and they're not always feel-good names. Whether somebody spoke it over me and I, I took it on because words and names mean something, or I labeled myself, but we all have names that we carry around. Your list is probably different than mine. Maybe they... Maybe some of those words bring up something in you. Broken, unqualified, damaged. Those are hurtful words that God never intended for us. He did not name me broken. He did not name me unqualified. He did not name me not enough. He didn't even name me bossy, although I am. That's not the name that he made for me. In Revelation 2:17, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. A new name a new name from the creator of the universe. I want a new name. I want a new name just for me on my white stone. I want to trade in my old name that Satan has tried to get me to answer to. Broken, unqualified, not enough, damaged. I want to trade in 
my old name. A new God-given name engraved on a white stone. I can't get over that. When Pastor Mike asked me to speak back in February, he gave me a word really quick and was just names, names, names. You can tell so much by a name. You can tell someone's heritage, um, their gender, where they might be from, if their parents liked them or not, (laughs) if the dad named them or not. You can tell so much by a name, and there's identity in a name. Yes, we can trade in our old name, and we can get a brand new name, a name that was knit into us in our mother's womb. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and we were talking about this, and I was like, her name was knit. Think about that. In, while she was inside of you, a name that was just for her in her womb. So how do we get a new name? How do we get a new name? Father God, thank you for this day. These people are precious to me. God, I pray right now you are speaking to the, oh, that is not something small. So get me out of the way, God. Don't let a single male word come out of my face. Hi, what name you've been answering to? So a name is not a name until you own it. Have you ever named like a human or a dog or a cat or a hamster or a box truck? (laughs) Me too. How'd you know? Have you ever named them something? Believe it or not, Pearl does not answer to her name. She has got a long way to go. But if you've ever named anything, and they, there's that day, especially as a baby, it, it's amazing what the brain can do. They'll kind of look at you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it worked. They know their name. They have owned the identity that you have been calling them. When we were training our dog his name, we would hold up a treat, and we would say, Murphy. And he would, like, look at the treat for, like, half a second, and then he would look back at us. And he was recognizing his name. He was like, I really want the treat, but that's my name. Right? So a name is not a name until you own it. There is an identity whenever you own your name. And as we're thinking through the names that we have taken on over the years, maybe it was bully that made fun of you, and you took on the name Worthless. Maybe it was a parent or spouse who abandoned you and you took on the name insecure. Maybe it was a terrible decision that you made and you took on the name not enough. Maybe it was your kids making horrible decisions and you took on the name broken because it was breaking your heart. I don't know what hurtful words or life circumstances that have named you, but I am absolutely confident that the God of the universe did not intend that name for you. We have assigned authority to names and things and circumstances that God never intended for you. God did not name me not enough. God did not name me not enough. He called me and knit me in my mother's womb with a name that is to glorify him. He didn't set us free from our sin, our past, and our pain so that we can reattach the chains of our sin, our past, and our pain And all those names we keep hauling around with us like rocks in a backpack. Like rocks in a backpack. Have you ever put rocks in a backpack? Me neither. But I can imagine that it is really heavy. And when not enough gets thrown on, 
and when broken gets thrown on, and before we know it, we have let all the things around us get in our backpack, and we're hauling it around, and our heads aren't held high like he has called us to. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I love the word again because God knows they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again and again and again. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter how many times I put the rocks in my backpack. He's there. He's there a thousand, a million, a trillion times. All the names that I have taken on. And it's way more than I have listed here. All the names. And he says, Mel, it is for freedom that I have set you free. Oh, it is freedom that I have set you free. How do we find freedom to walk with our heads held high? We've got to let go of the old names that have haunted us and walk in the freedom of a new name. Leviticus 26, 13, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so you would no longer be slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held high. Guys, the burden of sin makes us crouch. And if you crouch for long enough, you're going to be laying on the ground. And I can do nothing for the kingdom if I am laying on the ground. And here I am answering to names that he never intended. Not enough, yes. That wasn't God. He would never call me by my sin. He would never call me by my sin. He would call me by my name. The name we answer to determines the authority over our life. Let me tell you, this got down in my spirit like First off, I've been preaching this to myself for three months, so I'm already, like, fired up. And then I wore my leopard shoes in case things got real crazy. Because you want traction if the spirit moves, right? I know. Some of y'all know. Some of my Pentecostal friends know. The name we answer to determines the authority over our life. When we answer to a name that is a representation of past or pain, we give it authority over our lives. Somebody needs to hear that again, if no one else, Mel Leedy. When we answer to a name that is a representation of a past sin or pain, we give it authority over our lives. What in the world did he die for? What in the world did he die for? Satan knows our weaknesses, our insecurities, our doubts, and our fears, and he will use them. He will use them. It's like a, like a sliver of a crack, and he's like, I'm going in. Not enough? Man, I'm coming in right there. Addicted? I'm going to call you by addicted because I know that's what gets you. He knows my name. He knows us well. Kill, steal, and destroy. Y'all, those aren't words that are playing. Kill, steal, and destroy. As I was going to bed last night, as my brain is just going over my notes, and kill, steal, and destroy kept coming up in my brain. He ain't playing. He ain't playing, and he's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Not enough. Kill, steal, and destroy. Broken. Kill, steal, and destroy. Abandoned. Kill, steal, and destroy. Seeking. <laughs> Seeking. Have you ever played hide and seek? You're looking for something. And can I tell you, if you are doing something for the kingdom, you've got a target on your back. You've got a target on your back. Whew. That gets Ooh, that gets all up inside of me. Every time we try to step out into our new name, Satan is right there calling us by our old name, our old pain, and our old shame. 
and will continue to keep us in bondage to our past. Our old name, our old shame. But here's the good news. You were made by the best craftsman in the whole universe. You were made by God and the maker matters. <laughs> I was made by God. All my quirks and faults and oh my goodness, my poor public speaking skills and my crazy ways to be a mom and my, all my stuff. I was made by him. And when I answer to a name that he did not name me, it is disrespectful to the king. It is disrespectful to the king. And then I can't hear what he's calling me to because he's saying, Mel, will you do this? And I'm like, what? Not enough? Is that what you said? No, Mel, I wouldn't call you not enough. Mel, will you do this? And I can't hear because all my past and all my sin and all my shame keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. And I keep running after it because it's comfortable. And because it's, it's easier to answer to sin than it is to claim the name that was given for me. It's easier. It hurts. But what if I, what if I have to die to myself? to get the calling and the name that God had for me. Is that worth it? Value is determined by what someone is willing to pay. Y'all, I don't see a sale sign around my neck. I am not a BOGO deal. The identity on my life is not cheap. You are not cheap. Stop acting like it. Stop, Mel, stop acting like it. Stop answering to not enough. Someone was willing to pay a great price for you. Someone was willing to die. I can't think of many people that I would die for. My kids? Justin? I don't know. I don't I have to pray about <laughs> to die, to die. I've literally been thinking about the crucifixion all week, and I, I don't even think that we have the brain capacity to understand it. I don't think that we do, because if we did, we'd be laid out on our face all the time, only answering to the king. Isaiah 64, 6, we are all infected and impure with sin, when we display our righteous deed and they are nothing but filthy rags. We are banged up, messed up, and beat up. We may feel worthless, but we are not. We are valuable. Now look at verse 8. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. The creator of the universe formed you in all your uniqueness and all your flaws in all your stuff that you carry around. The maker of the universe crafted you. The one who spoke you into existence handcrafted you. He chose the color of your eyes, the color of your skin or the lack thereof, the straightness of your hair, the lack of your hair, the roundness of your tummy, the size of your feet, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. Have you ever made a pot, a, a clay pot? I did in high school. And I was so proud of it, and I etched my name on it, and I took it home and showed my mom. She's like, what am I going to do with that? What is that? Like, what do you even put in that? Like, is that a bowl? Or I can't even tell. But when he created us, he created us in his image. 
His fingerprints and his signature is on your soul. You have value because your maker matters. In case you haven't gotten it yet, you are so valuable that according to Philippians 2, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human. I don't know about you, but I would not have chosen this. 2020, what? No. 2021, certainly not. I believe that he loves us so much that he would even come now. Like in all of this, that's how much he loves us. Like I can understand that more than coming as a baby. Like what? You would even come now. You can't know what you're called to unless you know what you're called by. I said this out loud the other day to Justin, and he was like, goodness. I said, goodness, yes. I can't know what I'm called to unless I know what I'm called by. Unless you know your name, you are not going to get your kingdom assignment. And I'm telling you, you want your kingdom assignment. You want to live in the calling that God has for your life. You want to know your name. I'm, I'm living on the other side of it, and it took a long time to get here. I wasn't called into ministry until after I had three kids, right? I'm like, God, I don't have time for that. And he's like, I don't care. Get to it. I'm like, oh, okay. I can't drive a box truck. Like, what? Y'all, I can back into any dock in the city. Any dock. And all the men are like, I'm like, get out of the way. And I'm talking like around vehicles because people with small vehicles continue to park in front of the docks that I need to get to. No, it doesn't bother me at all. And I'm like, let's go. And we go. What? God, you, you want me to do what? I don't have time for that. I can't do that. I'm not enough. Girlfriend, I didn't name you that. That's you. That's Satan. I didn't name you that. The way that I have identified the name in my life is by recognizing what my response has been to God when he asked me to do something. You want to know what your name is? Mel, go tell those people about Jesus. Nope. I can't do that. I'm broken. All right. Well, my name is broken. Mel, can you drive a box truck? No, I can't do that. I can barely drive my minivan. What is the name that you have been identifying as? What is your excuse when God has asked you to do something? It may be even something small. I ask God for the small things all the time because I'm like, I want to prove that I can do it so you can give me something big. It may have been something small and you gave God an answer and that's, it, it brings out an identity that you have identified as and it may be something that happened to you as a kid. When your dad told you that you'll never be good enough and that you'll never amount to anything and that you are worthless and that you are not called, why are you doing that with your life? That's a waste of time. Why are you spending your money on that? You can't make good decisions. You're foolish. Whatever it is, there could be something that's so minute. Pastor Mike said it the other week. Names, whoever said that, that words don't matter should be socked in the teeth. Names and words matter. I can think of single words that have been spoken over me that I have carried, carried. And I swear the longer I carry them, the bigger they get. It's like they become a monument and a statue in my life. And then I intended for me, never intended for me, never intended for me. Oh, my goodness. In Exodus 3, we see a leader 
that struggles with just this. Y'all know Moses? Love me some Moses. <laughs> Love me some Moses. Do you remember when God came to Moses through the burning bush? Moses was freaked out. I'd be freaked out too. I'd be like, what? No, I ain't doing nothing that that bush says. <laughs> Moses was terrified. Terrified. Moses was scared he was going to screw up the call on his life, and he might just mess it up. And the thing is, he probably would have. If he did it in his own strength, he probably would have. In just a few verses, God lays out his plan for Moses' life. Exodus 3, we're going to pick up in verse 10. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Could you imagine starting with that? You, <laughs> right? Somebody gets it. You want me to do what? Go where? No. Get back in the bush. No. <laughs> but Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Israel, of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. He's got some swag. Could you imagine showing up to a party like, I am sent me? Fool, you crazy. I am who? I am sent me. I love how God just lays it out like, I know who I am. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now that is some names. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Whoo! He's laying it down. I am sent you. Like That's like a mic drop moment. Like, I am sent you. What? Moses is, he is in for it. So let's go back. God is asking Moses to go to Egypt and tell the people of Israel, I'm the guy that's going to lead you to freedom. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't imagine. I'm going to be the person that leads you to freedom. This is insane to me. And Moses replies, who am I? How can I lead? They won't believe me. I'm not a good speaker. Send someone else. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not gifted. There are so many others better than me. Moses had a name. Moses had a name. He said, don't send me. I can't do it. Good grief. You want me to do what and say that you're who? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then here comes God. I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. I am the one who is sovereign. I am the one who is all-knowing. I am the one who is powerful. I am the one who is so much bigger than any teeny tiny box that you can put me in. I am sent. I am anointed you to do what you were named to do, Moses. Go do it. Go do it in my name. So hear me, ladies. I know there's men out there too, but work with me. Hear me, ladies. I am chose you. I am called you. And I am sent you. Can I just tell you, this is my belief, and this is Mel's version. I guess that's MV. I believe that women are one of the most unused tools for the kingdom. 
Thank you. I believe that women are one of the most unused tools for the kingdom. Because here it is, lady. Let's just lay it out. Because if he can get us jealous or bitter or back-talking or sideways, he's got us. And we are a weak target. I did not say we are weak. I don't believe that I am weak. We are a weak target. Because everything we see is what that mom is doing or what that woman is called to or how is God using them. Or, oh my goodness, their minivan is clean because mine ain't. And if he can get the tiniest, I mean tiniest foothold in there, he's got us. But can you imagine a woman getting on fire for Jesus? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what God would do in our community? Can you imagine what he would do for the kingdom? Can you imagine the souls lined up to get to heaven? Can you imagine? I can. I can. I can imagine it. Because he's scared. Satan is scared of what would happen. What would happen? Can you imagine if a church band together instead of sowing discord and hatred? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if a community learned to rely on Jesus? Can you imagine? My name is not good enough. It says it on my white stone. Last summer, um, we were in the you know, the middle of serving in the pandemic, mask, gloves. It's like 95 degrees. And I was a weak target. I'll admit it. My name is Melody, and I'm a weak target. And Satan began to get in my spirit. And I could see what was happening, but I was tired. I was worn out. We were, oh my goodness, we were like hunting for food and it would take all week, and then we would serve, and we would start. I was a weak target. And he began to tell me that I'm not good enough. He began to sow seeds in my spirit that I wasn't good enough, and I let him. I let him camp out. I let him wreak havoc, and I knew what was going on, and I was, oh my gosh, I was tired. And I even went to Justin, and I said, my spirit is being attacked. It's being attacked. And this went on for a couple weeks. That's how weak I was. And then as I was driving to the pantry one day, I started praising God. And I started praying the names of God. And then I was like, I don't know very, name, very many names of God. i got to do something else. So I began to pray who God is. You're my provider. You're my healer. You're my everything. You're my best friend. You're my father. And when I would run out of things to say, I would just repeat them. And I just began to claim it. Claim it in Jesus' name. And I reassigned the name of my life. And oh my goodness, it was like the rocks fell out of my backpack. Because darkness cannot exist where light enters in. It cannot it cannot, and I don't care how spiritually um, strong you are, Satan will creep in in the tiniest little way, and he's seeking it. 
It's not like we can have these cracks hidden with some scripture and some devotionals. He can see it, and he's going to wiggle in. I told Satan to flee. I told him to flee, and I reassigned my name. The following Sunday was the first Sunday of the month, and this whole time that I was being attacked, he was really attacking my voice, going, nobody cares what you have to say. It doesn't matter. Everybody's tired of hearing. Like, he was just feeding into the lies, and the Sunday was coming up, and I always prepare what I'm going to say, believe it or not. Yes, all the things that I say are normally planned, as crazy as they might be. And he said, I want you to celebrate all the no's. Okay, that's dumb. He's like, Mel, you just got a no on that really big grant that you guys applied for. Why don't you celebrate it? Really, God? Yeah, Mel, I want you to celebrate all the no's. The no that you got the the answer on the partnership that you wanted, celebrate it. And I had this whole list of all the no's, and we celebrated. I went nuts, nuts. And what you don't realize is that I was yelling over the enemy. I had to yell louder than him because I had for weeks carried around the name not enough, and I had to celebrate who my God is because I don't care how many no's come. My God is my God. My God is my God. And he said, I want you to celebrate. And I was like, okay, they already think I'm nuts. I mean, what does it matter at this point? And we celebrated. And that was the final nail in the coffin of not enough. It was it. I don't go by not enough. Don't call me that. That's like Justin trying to call me woman, like you best be stepping back. That ain't going to go well for you. So Satan, if you want to call me not enough, I'm telling you, it ain't going to go well for you. It ain't going to go well for you. Satan knows your name and calls you by your sin. God knows your sin and calls you by your name. When you start hearing your sin, it ain't him. It's not God. He would never call you by your sin. We've got to know the voice of the enemy. If we don't know the voice of the enemy, then he's going to come on come on strong and he's going to camp out and wreak havoc. We've got to know the, na- the, the sound of the enemy. If you have identified as unworthy, traded in for valuable, burdened for freedom, not enough for enough, Mel Leedy, damaged for restored, bitter for grateful. God is standing there with outstretched arms saying, I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Let me have your old hurtful names distorted identities, and instead make you victorious. Instead, make you victorious. I believe that God is ready to make an exchange. I believe he is offering to let us trade in our old names that have haunted us, followed us, and held us back. We can grasp new names and embrace the fact that Jesus has declared us victors, overcomers, and people worthy to be awarded a new name on a white stone. My white stone. On one side, I have not enough. Through that whole experience last summer, I found out my name. Ambassador of Hope. I actually had it tattooed on my arm. Because I don't play. I'm not saying you have to get a tattoo. That's your business. <laughs> it's on my arm. Sometimes I forget I have it, and then I'm like, oh, hey. And my kids are like, what does that mean? I'm like, get out of the way. That's what it means. It means get out of the way, because my community, don't mess with it. 
Don't mess with my community. Don't mess with my church. I've got to be an ambassador of hope because if I'm not, then I'm going by not enough. And that's not a choice in my book. I'm going to wrap up with this. I was thinking the other day about how when we get to heaven, so many people talk about questions that they have for God. Why is a a giraffe's neck so long? Why do we have mosquitoes? Is Adam just as guilty as Eve? Questions. And I'm like, I don't don't really have any questions. But I want to see God's refrigerator. What? And it's not about the food. I don't want to see the food. I deal with food all day. Like, God, can I see your refrigerator? Because mamas know. What goes on our refrigerator? My kid's art. <laughs> Elliot literally gave this to me before service. I cannot tell you the, uh, the pounds of art that inhabit my home. I sneak them in the trash, and then they find them and get really offended. <laughs> yes, I'm that mom. But there's art. You can't even see my refrigerator. Like, it's art in its pictures and its schedules and lunches and all the things. And I want to see God's refrigerator. And he's going to take me over to it, and he's going to, he's going to show me the pictures. And I'm going to say, God, who is that? Oh, man. She used to go by the name Broken. Now, if you saw her, please use the name Restored. She doesn't answer to broken anymore. Oh, God, who's that? I've never met him before. Oh, man, he used to be damaged. He used to go with the name damaged. And now he's living in freedom. Now these are my kids. These are my kids. Oh, I cannot be a prouder papa. These are my kids. They're going by the names that I named them. They are going by the names that I named them. Broken, now restored. Bondage, now freedom. Not good enough for victorious. Over what your white stone is, this is not a thing to end up in the bottom of your purse. I'm going to put mine on my window seal where I wash dishes because I need to see every day that I am an ambassador of hope. And I want my old name on the other side so I can see where I came from. So I can see what I've been washed clean of. So I can see what the whole point of Jesus dying for my sins was. Take your white stone home. If you didn't get one, we'll get you one. I know it seems hokey. Man. If we can get this right, can you imagine what would happen in our community? We see people every week that show up for food, and our volunteers get to spend time with them and pray with them, and they can't believe it. I mean, this is like believers and unbelievers. They can't believe that somebody wants to spend time with them, not requiring anything of them, but their attention and they always give us something to pray about. 
And I'm telling you, God is doing something in our community. We have programs that I know need to be in our community center that I believe is going to come out of Hope Church. I'm talking talent and calling. I believe it wholeheartedly. We already have some lined up, and I am on fire about them. But if we're going to meet our community where they're at, we have to have the programs that are going to meet their needs, not make us feel good. And I believe wholeheartedly that that's going to come out of us. Pray about your name. God's going to give it to you. And let's be victorious. I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Mike's going to come up and close. Father God, I'm your kid. I am your kid. Thank you for doing anything for me, for coming and for dying. God, I could never repay you. But I want to honor you with my life. I want to honor you with my name. I want to honor you with what you have knit inside of me. Use me for your glory. God, use Hope Church for your glory. Use Hope Street and everything that comes for your glory. God, I pray for every single person in this place. God, that you give them the name that you have called them to. God, there is nothing like it to answer to the name that only I will understand and that only they will understand. God, just use every piece of us for you. We thank you and we bless all the mamas and all the ladies. In Jesus' name, amen.